Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you today in church. Uh, I hope you're you're happy and joyful to be here today. I hope you're, there is an attitude of um, gratitude in your heart because God is good. And uh, yes, uh, uh, probably we, you, you've seen us coming with a young. Uh, she's not here. Uh, with a young woman uh, from uh, with us. She's from Italy. Her name is Julia, and she she's with us uh, since the, all the last week. And for the next week, she's helping us with the kids. And she has been amazing. Uh, just please make the point to get to know her at the end of the service. Uh, she struggled a bit with her English, but if you talk slowly, she's actually much better than me when I came in England uh, for my first time. So have a, have a chat with her. Uh, yesterday we've been in London uh, just to have a day out, you know, to, to show her London. And I came, came back yesterday night. It was half dead, honestly. Um, so this morning when I woke up, I said, thank you, Lord, because I'm still alive. I literally thought yesterday when I lay my head in the cushion, I thought that was it, you know, for me. Uh, I can't remember to see so many people all together uh, walking around. But yes, it's a, it's a joy for me to be here. It's a joy to see you here. And as always, when we come to, jo- uh, to church, uh, our joy is there uh, not because of, you know, uh, what we are, but uh, because of what Christ has done for us. He saved us. He gave his life on the cross for each one of us. And because of that sacrifice, we can stay together. We can worship God together. And I want to just read a verse, as I, I often like to do before we start. And this is in Second Timothy uh, <clears throat> chapter 1 verse 7 it says god gave us his spirit did you know that do you remember that god has given you and me his spirit we are not on our own but god's spirit dwells in us so god gave us his spirit and the spirit doesn't make us weak and fearful instead the spirit gives us power and love he helps us control ourselves That's the kind of spirit that God has given us. It's not a spirit that will feed on your fear. It's not a spirit that will feed on on the fact that you feel that you are incapable. But it's a spirit that's going to give you courage. Because it's going to say to you, don't worry, it's not about you. But it's about my power working in your life. So why don't we all stand as we open up this service. Um... Yeah, we can add some chairs at the back if there is a need. And just let us close our eyes and, uh, and focus on God. Let us be thankful to Him because He has given us His Spirit in our life. For this relationship that we can have with Him. Hallelujah. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because of your presence in us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because we are not on our own. But you're always there, walking with us, working in us and through us. We thank you, Lord God, because even when we go through difficult times, times that suggest that we should be afraid, times that suggest that we should be worried, we can actually find our strength in you. We can find our courage in you. Thank you because we are not alone But you are there fighting our battle for us and with us, Lord God. And I pray for today as we are here to worship your name. I pray for all of us. You know where we come from. You know where our hearts, our mind. You know if there is someone here this morning who is carrying a heavy load, a heavy burden. Holy Spirit, I pray for a breakthrough in our life today. Holy Spirit, I pray for a flow of your gifts among us, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch our life today and that we will leave this place in a different way. We thank you, God. We praise your name. Amen. Yes, God, you deserve the glory. Shall we give a round of applause to our Lord as a way to say thank you, as a way to thank him for who he is. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. 
You deserve the glory, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Please take your seat. Well done for those who are still standing. Oh, how, how does it work? I've got a dilemma, guys. I've got a big dilemma. Like when we start, it's like we are 20 people, and then after the prayer, the church is full. So you suggest me because I really don't know what to do. What do you think should I do so that I get you all on time here on a Sunday morning? I'm open to advice. It's really, I'm learning, yeah? So that's wonderful, yeah? But it would be great to see you all, you know, come here a little bit early. It's, it's fellowship with one another is something wonderful. We don't come in church only to tick a box. I'm a Christian. I've been to church today, but we are in a journey together, and we learn from each other's journey, and we share together. We have fellowship together, so it's nice to be here in time. Um, you know what my pastor used to say in Italy? I, I, I am in time in church on a Sunday as a way to honor God. Let's say if uh, I was saying the Queen of England, she's not here anymore, the King, King Charles, everything has changed. Also yesterday in, in London, is, is everything is about King Charles now. So if King Charles would invite you to have a meeting with him at Buckingham Palace, you can tell I've been in London yesterday. You know, I've got all these uh, examples in my mind. Uh, so if he invites you to, to, for, for a tea, for a cup of tea, to Buckingham Palace, and he'll say, look, shall we do 10 o'clock in the morning? What would you do? Would you be there like uh, 10 past at Buckingham Palace gate? Would you be there like one minute before, just in time, rushing through the front yard, through the guards who are standing at the door? And, or would you just be there in advance, like ready? I'm ready to meet the king. What about us? That we encounter every time we come together someone that is much greater than the king of England. We come here to worship the God who created all things, who sustains our life, who, who has blessed us to the point that he has given his life for us. Come on, we can do it. We can do an effort and be here on time on a Sunday, yeah? Yeah, I don't want to be ash with you. It's just like, uh, it's incredible. It's like you start, it's just a few people. You end up the praise, like three more rows, everything is full. But try, let's try all together to be here on time on a Sunday morning. Amen? Good. All right. And I've got one that wasn't on your list as well, actually. So I'm hoping next Saturday we are meeting for prayer. We are. Woohoo! I know. So how come it's going to be towards the end of August already? So yes, next Saturday night, 7 o'clock, will be prayer. And then the following weekend after that, we're already going to be into September at our summer spectacular. Woo, woo, woo. So I think Joanna's really impressed. We have got lots of people signed up. The one thing we haven't got quite so many people for, and this reflects perhaps on what Samuelis just said, is we haven't got many for the setup crew who need to be here early. All right, so we'll need some people here for about 8.30 in the morning because there's quite a lot to load onto vans, there's gazebos that we need to set up when we get up there, the crafts, the refreshments, etc. So please, please, if you can, get here early, 8.30. See me to give me your name so we know who we've got. Obviously, the more people that can turn up early, the quicker it will get done, so happy days. So if you can be part of the setup crew, that's a really important job. Please come and see us afterwards and help out with that. Then also on the weekend of the Summer Spectacular, we're going to have a visiting preacher from India. He's called Pastor Moses Chowdhury, and he is one of the missions that we, his work is one of the missions that we sponsor in India. So I expect he'll fill us in a bit more about that, but he's a great man of God. I mean, the work he does is incredible. Um, I follow him on Facebook, and yeah, you, you will find out quite a lot more. So that's going to be on the Sunday after the Summer Spectacular. That's the 3rd of September. Um, and then the following week, we also have a visiting preacher. So come on, come on, come on. It's going to be lots of exciting things happening in September, as well as Alpha starting. All right. So we've been putting it out on Facebook. We're beginning to advertise and get people involved and interested in that. So as usual, if you've got any friends, relatives, neighbors, anybody that you want to invite along to that, it's going to start on Thursday, the 28th of September in the evening at church. So um, just give Samueli your names and he can pass them on to Joe, etc., and the guys who are leading that. I believe that's it. 
Um, next week, because um, there's still money that's kind of trickled in for the Ukrainian offering, so I'm going to give a final figure next week as to how much we've raised and how much we're sending off for that. But thank you, thank you for all your donations and generosity towards that. Okay, so kids, dismiss now, and we'll do tithes and offerings as usual. Thank you, thank you. I hope you're happy that for the months of September we've got some two guest speakers, but that's not everything because in October as well we're going to have someone else coming. Uh, so Pastor Moses on the 3rd, um, and then on the 10th is uh, a friend of mine. He's, he's pastoring a church in Bromley. Uh, his name is Vladut. Um, he's a Romanian, uh, originally from Romania, and he pastors a church there. And we've known him since, time of, since the time of the Bible college. Uh, he came to study uh, while me and Anna uh, were there uh, as staff. Um, so he was one of, of the students there. Uh, and now he pastors a church, so it's going to be great to have him there. So put these da dates down in, the, in your diaries, uh, even to a way to honor the guests that are coming. Sunday the 3rd, Sunday the 10th, and then Sunday the 1st of October, uh, we're going to have Jordan Eliana uh, back with us, uh, the directors of the International Bible Training College in the south of England, near Brighton. Um, and uh, if you're part of this church, you... You may know something about them. Um, they're an amazing couple. Uh, they serve God uh, all their life as a missionaries in Spain for many years, and then back in England as uh, directors of the Bible College. They they had a massive impact on my life and Anna's life, and uh, uh, they're really, really um, great people, uh, a man and woman of, of God. Um, so just you know, remember the first of October as well. So the third, the ten, and the first. Um, we're going to have some uh, guests. Now, uh, I'm going to move in what I've uh, prepared for today. Uh, today I want to speak about um, uh, when uh, unexpe unexpected encounters, you know, uh, when we, um, we go through our normal everyday life and then something unexpected happens. And, uh, you know, it depends what happened, but, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to be on the positive side. It's not when maybe you're going through... Uh, a day this is a bit boring. It's like oh, day is like everybody, like any other any other days. Nothing is happening, and then something um, unexpected happens. Something good that completely it changed the feel and and what you know um, of that day. And suddenly the day that you thought oh it's just a boring day uh, becomes the most excited exciting uh, day of your life. Uh, and, uh, you know, the reason why I want to speak about this is because God, sometimes, uh, He likes to do things that we do not expect. You know, He likes to, uh, to move into the unexpected. You know, He has unexpected encounters uh, that He has prepared uh, for each one of us. And, and if you look in the Bible, there are a lot of people in the Bible, a lot of characters that at some point in their lives, for different reasons, in different uh, circumstances, they had an unexpected encounter with God that completely uh, changed uh, their life. And uh, you see, for us, it's a bit, it's difficult to understand because if for me something is unexpected, it's because, you know, we kind of, with our logic, with our mind, we are very good in dividing what the things that are possible with the things that we think are impossible. So the things that we think are impos impossible, then it's like, oh, nothing can come from there. And, and, and if something does, it's like, whoa, you know, unexpectedly, you know, I, I never thought that something would come from that direction. Um, and, uh, and we are surprised. But for God, you know, it's perfectly normal to do things that are unexpected to us because He is not uh, bound by uh, the walls, these walls of logic that we build ourselves uh, to separate what is possible from what is not possible. God can do all things. So if He decided to do something, He will go for it. Doesn't matter if it's something that for us is unexpected. Doesn't matter if it is something for us that is like, oh, you know, I would never thought that something would come from that direction. God can do that because He moves and He cuts right through these uh, barriers, through these walls that we our, ourselves build um, to separate what is possible to what is impossible, to according to our own understanding. And uh, 
And today we're going to see one of these unexpected encounters in the Bible. And I want to uh, read together with you today. We're going to look a little bit into uh, the story uh, of uh, the Samaritan woman uh, and the encounter that she had with Jesus at the well. Uh, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, you know, different, um, uh, you know, you, you, may have, uh, you may call the stories in different way. And I, there is a small graphic there because I like that well because I thought that could easily be, you know, what it looked like. You know, it's like uh, if you think about Israel, it's, it's not uh, such a green land uh, or at least not everywhere. And uh, maybe, you know, it looks like a place where possibly uh, that woman would have had an encounter with Jesus, an unexpected encounter with, with the Savior. Um, so... Let's read through the story. I mean, if you are uh, familiar with your Bible, you know the story, but, you know, uh, we are here in church and, and, you know, understand there may be people around us that, uh, you know, may not be so familiar with the Bible, maybe you're new to the faith or moving your first steps. So I like always to read the stories, even if it is a story that, you know, maybe you know by heart, but it's like to read the story so we have a full picture of what's going on there. Um, I'm going to read the old story, but then we will focus only on the first bit. So that's in John chapter 4, uh, from verse 1 to verse 28. And this is the story of an, of an unexpected encounter between a Samaritan woman and Jesus. So now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his baptized by but his disciples so he left judea and went back once more to galilee now he had to go through samaria so he came to a town in samaria called sicar near the plot of ground jacob had given to his son joseph jacob's well was there and, Ju and jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down sat down by the well it was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you for water, asking you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water sir the woman said you have nothing to draw uh, to draw with and the well is deep where can you get this living water are you greater than our father jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself and did also his sons and his and his uh, livestock jesus answered Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never be thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right. When you say that you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you and the man you now have is not your husband. What what you have just said is quite true, sir. The woman said, "I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors was worshipped on his on this mountain, but the, but you Jew claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem." Woman, Jesus replied. Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither um, of this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritan worship what, do, what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and he has, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit. And his worshippers must worship him in the spirit, in, in, in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. 
Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. So that's the whole story. But as I said, I'm going to focus in the, um, in the first bit. But let's start. You know, we said that this was an, an unexpected encounter. And you might ask yourself, well, why was this encounter unexpected? And there are at least four reasons. Two reasons are quite known. In fact, they're also explained a bit in the text. Uh, the first one was that she uh, was a Samaritan woman. And like we read, Jew, uh, Jewish people and Samaritan, they wouldn't associate themselves. There was a deep, deep dislike between the Jews and the Samaritan people. So if a, if a Jewish man or a Jewish family or anybody who was a Jew had to travel from point A to point B and had to cross through Samaria, which was sitting in the middle, they would rather go all the long way around to avoid the country of Samaria because they didn't, they didn't want to meet any Samaritan people. That was, that was so deep, the dislike between um, between uh, the Jewish people and, uh, and, uh, and the Samaritan. And, and this is was why the first reason why this encounter was unexpected. In fact, she said, hey, you are a Jew and you're talking to me. I'm a Samaritan woman, you know. She knew, she knew the customs and the culture. You know, why are you talking to me? That's something unexpected. I would have never thought that a Jewish man would suddenly talk to me. So well, that was the first reason. The first reason, the second reason that she was a woman, of course. Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher of God. And it was not in their customs for a man, for a teacher of, the, of God or teacher of the law to speak on his own with a woman. You know, it was a bit strange. It was a bit not really, people would like, hmm, you know, that, that's not right. It was their culture. They were thinking, their customs. And this is, you can see these in... Um, in, uh, in verse 27, for example, when we, says, we read the disciples were surprised to, uh, when, because when they returned, they were surprised to find Jesus talking to a woman, you know. So they were surprised because they knew their customs, they knew their culture. So this was a second reason why this encounter was very much unexpected. Jesus was a Jewish man talking with a Samaritan woman, you know, and he was a man talking to a woman. That's, no, it doesn't go. I'm sorry, that's not possible. And these were the two reasons, but then there were two less obvious reasons. Of course, that God, again, Jesus was a man of God. He was a teacher of God. And uh, she was not just a Samaritan, but she was a sinner, a great sinner, because her marital status was far from being right. You know, they had this conversation, you know, bring your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And then Jesus, because, of course, he knows uh, our stories and our life. He said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You had five, and the, and the man you are now with is not even your husband, you know. So it's like this situation was not right. It was something sinful, uh, and therefore maybe not a lot of people knew about this. It was a less obvious reason, but as well, this is something that was adding to an, the unexpected. A man of God, you know, Jesus, a teacher, he was, a te you know, he was considered to be a teacher of God. We, we know that, you know, he was much more than that, but the people saw him as a, as a teacher of, of, you know, from God until, at least until they understood that he was the Messiah, and he was associating with, with a woman who was a sinner. You know, if you go in the Jewish culture and you read the Bible, you see all the Pharisees who were the teacher of the law. They couldn't spend time with, with, the, with, with, this, with, with people who were like tax collector, prostitutes, or, or people who live their life in a condition of sin. They couldn't associate with them. So this, again, was something unexpected. So she was a Samaritan, a woman talking to a man, and she was a sinner because her, her relationship, her marital uh, status was not the right one. Plus, as well, she was an outcast. And this, is, again, is something that it was not very obvious, but, you know, it's interesting when you look in the detail of the Bible that uh, she went to uh, draw the water at noon, which is the hottest hours, you know, midday, when it's the hottest uh, uh, 
climax. It's like very hot, in, in, even in the land of Israel. You imagine how hot it was. And that was not something right. Usually, if you look at the culture, the women, they were those who would go and, and draw water for the day. Uh, they would go in the early morning and take enough water that would last uh, you know, to the household for the whole day. They would go in the morning. Actually, for the women, it was a, in their culture, it was a way to uh, have fellowship together. They would talk together. There were jokes. There were joke, the jokes were happening. And it was just a nice picture uh, of, 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 of this. It was part of their culture. But this woman... She purposefully went at noon when nobody was there because she knew that a lot of people in the town of Sikar knew about her situation, that she had many men, she had this and that. So many people were like, mm, I don't want to have anything really to do with you, you know. So she, feel, she felt like she was a bit of an outcast. So, you know, when we feel ashamed of ourselves, we people tend to isolate themselves. We experience that as, as well in our life. When we do something and, and we feel ashamed, we struggle then in mixing up with people. We tend to isolate ourselves. We tend to uh, not to enter any conversation because we don't want to be judged. We don't want to hear what other people have to say. We don't want to expose ourselves um, to um, gossip and things. So we, you know, we tend to isolate ourselves. And, and this woman was doing exactly that, was doing something that was completely against the culture of the time she was going to draw water at the well in the hottest time of the day because um, she, um, she felt that she was an outcast, that people were, you know, were, um, um, you know, didn't like her because of the lifestyle that she lived. So this adds to the unexpected encounter. So she was a, a man talking to a Samaritan. She was a woman t talking alone to, uh, to what the people consider to be a teacher of, of God, Jesus, anyway, a rabbi, uh, a teacher. Uh, she was someone who had, you know, many men, so she, she was living in a condition of, 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 of sin, you know, and all, this, and all these things is like added to the unexpected. You know, she, she would have thought everything of that day, but to have that kind of encounter with, with Jesus. It was completely unexpected. It was completely, um, you know, a surprise to her. And yet we see that although she was all these things together, you know, Jesus was willing to break the boundaries of religion, of culture, and he was purposefully waiting there for her. It was, an act, it was not accident that Jesus was just there and, and just, you know, hanging around. Yes, we, we, we just read in the Bible he was tired, he wanted to rest. But the fact that when she came, she, he started that conversation. It was like he was ready to, to have an encounter with this woman. He had time for her. He was waiting. He was, you know, he was there saying, okay, I, I, I see you. I want, I want to have some time with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to talk to you because I've got something you know, to tell you. It may discount, all of this may come like something unexpected to you, but I've got something important to tell you. And this is, you know, I want to just spend a few words and, and draw a parallel with us today. Because you see, sometimes, you know, no matter where you come from, Jesus has time for you. Jesus has time for, him, for me. Sometimes we think like that God does not have time for, for us, that we are a lost cause. Maybe our experience in life, we experience that nobody ever has time for us. You know, my, you know I grew up maybe in, a, in you know, my, my surrounding, my relationship my family was some problem there my parents didn't have time for me my brothers and sisters didn't have time for me my friends have no time for me because maybe they seem a bit strange they they know the mistakes that i've done and and you're used to to people not having time for you but you know the first things i want to tell you that jesus has time for you he's there waiting for you and he's here today because he wants to have an encounter with you it may be something unexpected to you. Maybe you're here for the first time. It's like, what do you mean an encounter with God? And, and you feel like you are the, the most uh, uh, not qualified person to have an encounter with God. And the answer is yes. Jesus is here waiting for you because he wants to have a supernatural encounter with you today. And there is no need to hide. You know, this woman was going there at noon because she, she knew about her lifestyle. She was ashamed, didn't want to have anything to do with people, and she wanted to be on her own. And, and, and as well, there is no need to hide. Jesus sees you. Jesus, Jesus is waiting for you. He wants to have an encounter with you. No matter what you are carrying you know, on your shoulder, in your heart, in your, in your mind, no matter where you come from, no matter what your experience in your life has been until this point. He is here, and He wants to have 
a supernatural encounter with you. And then let's see the conversation. It's very fascinating, the conversation that happened between this woman and, and Jesus. So this, uh, this woman starts by saying, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? As we said, she knew that it's not possible. It's not possible. I'm a Samaritan. I'm a sinner. I'm alone. I'm this and that. He's here for me. He's waiting for me. It's not possible. It's unexpected. It comes as a surprise to me. Surely this is a joke. How can a Jew, a teacher, a man of God, how can he have time for me? Mm -mm. No way. The box that she, she had built in her mind. I am this. This man cannot have anything to do with me. I am this. Her box, her walls were very well defined in her mind by the religions, by the culture, by the customs, by all these things. The walls, the box was built in her mind. What was happening there was completely unexpected. And what is your, do, do you have a box today? Are you here? To, is there a box in your mind of what God should do or he shouldn't do or he should say or he shouldn't say? What is your box? What, what are your, do you have any expectations on God? It's like he, he needs to do this, this way. Because you see, if you have a box, you know, I want to tell you that today, God wants to break right through that box. Want to break right through whatever wall you've built that is dividing right now in your mind what is possible to you what, from the impossible. God, if, to God, all things are possible. He wants to move into the impossible. So do not put him in a box. Do not say there is no hope. Do not say there, I, nothing can be done here. Do not say he cannot have time for me. Do not say his goodness is not enough for me. Do not say his grace is not enough for me. Do not say any of these, you know, but say it. Lord, I am here. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, doesn't matter, you know, my, you know, what you're thinking, but doesn't matter my, what kind of, uh, you know, expectation I have on you. I want to be ready for the unexpected because God moves into the unexpected and thank be to Him because He does that. Because otherwise, you know, our mind would, you know, they're so limited. Yeah? So what is the box that is in your mind? Do you have any walls? Do you have maybe things from your past? And you think, I'm too messed up. You know, God, you know, cannot have time for me. Um, you know, there is no hope. And sometimes, even, you know, I'm not just speaking of people that maybe you have not done an experience with God. Even us as Christians, we like to build these boxes. You know, we, we fail with God and, oh, come on, I failed again. Box. He doesn't love me anymore. Why should you forgive me again? Why should I start again walking for Him? I'm going to build my box. Yeah, we also as Christians, sometimes we, sometimes we need to be careful because, you know, we build these things. But, you know, in the previous Sundays when we spoke about, we're looking into Psalms. You remember, we spoke about the power of confession. When we confess our sins to the Lord, that's the freedom to, uh, you know, to maybe some, sometimes the situations that uh, are affecting our life. And we, instead of opening up, you know, to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, we tend to, you know, to put God in the box and to say, no, he has not, does not love me anymore. I'm too bad. He does not have time for me. But actually, the way out is to confess. But, you know, there was a few Sundays ago. I don't want to repeat myself. Yeah. So wherever you are, God is ready and willing to have an encounter with you today. Today. No matter how unexpected these may come to you. He's ready. He's willing. He was there waiting for that woman. Because he wanted to talk to her, to her. And he's here waiting for, for you because he wants to have an encounter with you today. And uh, so we go back to the conversation. She said, you know, I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And, and you know, it's interesting how Jesus answered the question. Because, you know, the, Jesus, the, answer, the answer that Jesus gave to her immediately raised the level of the conversation. So he didn't stop to explain why he had decided to talk to her. Instead, he just said, you know what? If you know, if you knew whom was asking you, you know, I can give you actually living water. You know, he didn't stop to explain, oh, the culture doesn't matter. He went straight to the point. I can give you living water. 
and her attention on that spot that was cold, living water. Okay, okay, this is something interesting. So in verses 11 and 12, she, ans- she answered, and we need to read here to the, in, in her answer, because she says, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw water, to, so you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Full stop. Then is the question, where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? So here is like, she was, the answer is almost like oh, sarcastic. You know, she, she, her attention was caught by the living water bit, but perhaps she wasn't brave enough to ask that question. So she started by saying, look, you've got nothing to draw water with, almost like with a sarcastic, like, um, with a sarcastic approach, you know, because what, what is this living water, you know? Even if you had a bucket, you know, what kind of living water? This is just a well, just normal water. And then she asks again, you know, are you greater than Jack, Jacob who, builds, who built this well? So it was almost challenging, you know, Jesus. But again, Jesus, because he knew her, and, and there were actually there were like three questions, you know, in the same, you know, that she was asking him. He stops in, in, in the middle, which was the right question, you know, where, when, when she said, where can you get this living water? So Jesus didn't, didn't explain, well, I haven't got a bucket, you know, they actually, uh, you know, I'm sorry because of this and that. He didn't explain about Jacob who is greater, that he was greater and everything. He stopped and he, when he answered her, he answered the question that was sitting in the middle of her long question, where can you get this living water? Because he knew that she was really asking about that. He, she, he knew that her attention was caught by this living water, so he could read, okay, well, the bucket, you want to be sarcastic, Jacob, yeah, it doesn't matter, but what you're, interesting, what you're interested here is living water. And in fact, in, in his answer, Jesus, again, as, as I just said, he doesn't care about explaining about the bucket or Jacob or, where, or how the way he, would, he should have drawn that water. But he goes, again, straight to the point. Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never, be th- will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That was Jesus' answer. Look, I'm going to explain you what is this living water. doesn't matter about the bucket. doesn't matter about Jack, Jacob. I know that you are after the living water. And this is the answer I am giving you. So this is the question for us. Okay, what is this living water that Jesus was speaking about? Because notice that Jesus said, I'm going to give you living water. He didn't say, I am the living water. I am this and that. He said, I'm going to give you the living water. So it's something that Jesus was about to give her that would have taken away the thirst forever. And of course, it was a figure of speech, but we'll look into this in a, in a moment, yeah? So what kind of living water is, was Jesus speaking about? And we need to go another verse to understand that. John uh, 7, verses uh, 37 and 39. It says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Yeah, at that point, the church was not yet born. At, the, at that point, Jesus still had a mission to do, to die on the cross, to be resurrected, to be raised, uh, to, be, to ascend back in heaven, yeah? But, you know, he was speaking in the future. So by, by, the, by this, he meant the Spirit, whom, do, who, uh, whom those who believed in, in him were later, you know, with the birth of the church, to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified, yeah? So here Jesus was saying, you look, you know, I am the, the water, you know, the, the water that I'm giving you, is, he was speaking about the spirit that was, what was about to come once he was glorified. So once his mission was finished on earth, when he, he died for the sin, resurrected from the sin, ascended back to heaven, then he was to send the spirit. And it's interesting because it says it's like um, um, he, he both in the story of, of, of the woman at the well, he's it's, it's not speaking about the spirit of God that... Um, Something that you know we, is given to us when we need, but it's like that we are indwelled by the Spirit. 
It's like even, you know, when we read now in John 7, it says, until that point, the Spirit had not been given to those who believed in Him. And if you go back in the Old Testament, no, there was not such a thing as to be indwelled by the Spirit. People were anointed, the oil representing the Spirit, they were covered, you know, but there was not an indwelling of the Spirit of God. So prophets and priests and kings were covered with oil to, like, to signify, you know, I'm going to cover you with the Spirit of God, with the blessing of God. You know, this is something that God is ordained but it was something different from what the church would have experienced not just now a spirit that was covering us and being always with us but something that was now in us that you know it was like you know in we were indwelled by the spirit and you know when you go back at the story of the woman um let me find the verse it's when, I think uh, in verse 14, it said, but, the, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never be thirsty. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So, we, you know, when Jesus was speaking to this woman, he was looking at what was to come. And he said, look, the water I'm giving you, the water I'm speaking about is the Spirit of God, who is going to indwell, is going to live in your life, is going to live in the life of those who follow me, and is going to be like a spring of water, you know, flowing from within. Not, some, not something, not someone where I go to, not a place where I need to go, not, you know, it's like something I can receive, but something is already in us the moment we decide to follow Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in, in our life and it becomes this well, you know, this spring of, of, of water flowing from within us. And this is, a, you know, when you think about this, it's a massive, uh, it makes, it makes a, a massive difference. That means that all what we need is already in us. God has given us all what we need. The moment we believed, the moment we decided to follow Him, the moment we repented of our sin and we said, Lord, I want to live for you, I want to follow you. You know, the Spirit of God came in our life and, and we've got this um, spring, you know, in us, you know, overflowing from us. The Spirit of God is in our life. The living water that Jesus was speaking about, He was speaking about His Spirit. John 4, indeed the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And then in John 7, whoever believes in me, as scriptures, as scripture has said, rivers of, of living water will flow from within them. You see the, how it changes. It's not like, I'm Jesus, I am... I am the spring, you know. No, no. I am saved. The Spirit of God comes in my life. And now I've got this spring, the presence of God already in me, flowing. So if you are thirsty today, the answer is that you just need more of the Spirit of God working in your life. Because the source is there. The spring is there. Just allow God to work in your life and if you're not a believer today you know this is the exactly what I was talking at the beginning this is the unexpected encounter that God had planned for you today if you don't believe in God he's saying to you you know what if you follow me if you give your life to me I'm gonna give you my spirit in you and this spirit is gonna be all what you need to live your life to take away the thirst that you've been, you've been carrying, you know, throughout your life, that insatisfaction that is, you know, that make you question so many things about the reason why you live and the purpose of your life and all these things here that they cannot be answered until we experience God in our life because God is the one who created us. And like I always say, it's only the moment when a child is reunited with the Creator that we can find purpose, we can find joy, we can find a true uh, peace. So you can have that today. Maybe you didn't expect that. Or maybe you're listening from home and you thought, okay, I'm just going to go to the Harvest Center to see what, what they've got to say. Or maybe I'm gonna, just going to tune in online just to see what they do there. Well, Jesus was here waiting for you. And he's telling you, look, I can see that you're thirsty. I can, see, I can see that you are unsatisfied. But I want to take that away from you. And you may think like that woman, really? 
God, the creator of all things. Samuel, you don't know what I've done. Samuel, you don't know what I believe. Samuel, you don't know what I said. Samuel, you don't know how many people I've crushed. You don't know all the evil things that you know, I've done. You don't know any of these. Uh, yes, it's true. I don't know, but God knows, and he doesn't care. He's still sitting here waiting for you to open up his heart, your heart to him, so that he can come with his presence in your life, life and place in you this spring of water that will take away all kind of thirst and need that you have in your life. Allow God you know, to enter your life and, and to take this away. Follow him. This is the unexpected encounter for you if you don't believe in God, but as well if you believe, if you are here a Christian, this is as well an unexpected encounter for you because you may be thirsty in your life and you may, you keep on going to people asking, do you have a word for me? Do you have this for me? Do you have this for me? Maybe if I go, if I go to that church, oh, I heard, you know, that is good. And you keep on going from one place to another. Try to, to get something that satisfies you. And God is saying to, the, to you in this unexpected encounter, all what you need, I already placed it in your heart. My spirit is in you. The day you believed, the day you gave your life to me, I placed in you a spring of water. You, need to, you, know, you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to search for anything. You, need to, you, you, you don't have to seek for, for any special words or any special thing. All what you need is, is already in there. I place it in there. It's my presence in your life. If you want to reconnect with God, you can do it today. The Spirit of God is, is calling you in your life. Would you reconnect with me? Take away the walls that make you think that I have no time for you anymore because you let me down once again. Nah, -uh. God is saying, it's okay. Confess. Let's start again. Let's let the Spirit of God satisfy you. You know, the biggest problem that many Christians Sometimes, we are not many, I put myself, you know, because I experienced that in my life. That we Christian experience is like that we don't allow the Spirit of God to be really what satisfies us. We're always looking for something new, for something more, for something better. But really, all what we need is already in us. And the more we seek the Spirit of God, the more we seek the presence of God, the more we walk with Him, with Him, sorry, and more He actually, uh, you know, He teaches us how to be satisfied in Him. Uh, we, uh, you know, the soul to, uh, we allow God to be the source of our joy and peace, and we stop looking around. But the problem we, for we Christians is that we, we neglect what the precious things that God has given us the moment we were saved, the moment we were given His life to Him, which is His Spirit in our, in, in our life, Somehow we managed to neglect that, which is the greatest thing, the greatest gift that we could have ever hoped for and to receive. We neglect that and we start seeking, we start searching, we start here and there and this guy and that guy and that word and that word. But why and what and why and what? And the solution is there under your nose, under my nose is my spirit living in your life. Allow me to flow in your life. Allow me to take control of your life. I have more for you. Allow me to take away the thirst that is in you. Allow, allow me to, to reshape your life and take away what is not good. Are you allowing God to reshape your life? Because you can say, yes, God, I follow you. But when God wants to correct and, and take away, we say, no, I want to keep that. And guess what? If you want to keep that, you keep it. But then you pay the price for that. You know, God in us is not a God that will affirm your should I say, our sometimes craziness when we think about different things, but God in our life is someone who wants to affirm His presence in us, who wants to reshape our life. If there is something that needs to be dealt with, if there is sin, something that is not good and needs to be removed, He will tell us to remove. We need to collaborate with Him. We need to walk with Him. He's reshaping our life. Are, we, are you allowing God to reshape your life? Because if you don't allow God to reshape your life, how can this source of water flow in you? You keep on building all these walls. No, I cannot take this away from me. No, I enjoy too much doing that. No, this is not. This is mine. No, this is just a relationship. Oh, it's okay. You know, I sleep with this woman or with this man. It's fine. Oh, yeah, every now and then I do this. You know, we build all these obstacles in our life. And God is there trying to, 
change us and to, to, to shape us, but we don't allow him to do. And therefore, this water cannot flow in our life. And therefore, we are upset and we start for looking, to answer, to looking for answers in place where there are no answers. The answer is in you, in, in, in the sense that God has placed the, you know, his presence in your life. But allow him to, to, to shape you, to remove, to change your life. You know, in, in, for everybody, something is good to remember. It's like in First John 4, 4, dear children, you, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one, the spirit, speaking about the spirit who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And yet there are maybe people here today, you are trading the presence of God. You are trading the, the, the one who is greater of the world with something that is in the world. Do you understand that? You know, when we don't allow God to shape our life, really what we are doing, we are trading His presence in us, His Spirit, what He wants to do in our life, with something that doesn't belong to Him, but something that is yet is smaller than, than Him. I am bigger, I'm greater, I've, I've placed something in you that is greater than anything you can come across with. And this verse is not just in, in terms of like, you know, doesn't matter the situation when you are, that you're facing, I will be with you and, you know, I'm, I will give you the strength that you need. Of course, there is the element of that verse, but as well as like, I've given you something great, something that is greater than what is in the world. Do not trade that. Do not trade that. Keep me always, you know, at the first place in your life. In our, in, in our finances, tax rates for those who are paying the mortgages are <laughs> really thinking, my goodness. Huh? Family, job, relationships. Sometimes we are distracted by all these noises, scary noises. And we trade things, we start to, to try to find a shortcut. But the one who is in us is greater, is stronger. You need to prioritize God, the presence of God in your life. And just to close up, is a, a final question. What are you going to do with this unexpected encounter that you had to, with God today? What are, you going to, what are you going to do? If you go back to the story, the Samaritan woman, her life was changed. He went there to, to get the water, he had a plan. He had a, the day scheduled out. He was busy. But the moment she understood who Jesus was, the moment she understood what he was saying to her, she dropped everything. The jars, forget about the water. Forget that I don't have water at home. I need to come back home with some water. Forget about all of this. She went back. And she started basically to preach the gospel. She said, I met the Messiah. I met the one that really, can he be the Messiah? Her life was changed. That unexpected encounter completely turned her life upside down. And she was willing to leave all what she had planned to do for the day to follow what God had planned for her, for, for her that day. The unexpected encounter. She left everything. What are you going to do today? Maybe you came here and you've got so many jars. Things that you want to do. Things that you think are right. This is right. This is wrong. I should go there and go there. And you've got maybe a plan. That's the job for me. This is the, if, I, if I only can get there. You've got everything planned in your life. But God maybe has spoken a word in your life today. What are you going to do? Are you just going to walk out from this place and carry on with your schedule what you wanted to do today or you say you know what I'm going to leave everything I, I misunderstood so many things uh, Lord I want to have you in my life if you're not Christians or if you're a Christian Lord I want to learn how to prioritize you in my life will you walk out of this place with a passion and say yes I, I, I will not let this an encounter this unexpected encounter with God I will not let that be something that is going to you know, I'll just be forgotten about, but I'm going to change my life. I'm going to adapt my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, you know, become, I'm going I'm to be a doers of what I just heard. What are you going to do with that? 
What are you going to do with this unexpected encounter? Why don't we all stand and worship team? You can come. What are you going to do with this unexpected encounter? Maybe you think, you know, you, you, maybe you, you're not Christian yourself. Or maybe you think you're a Christian because you, you were born in a Christian family. You were being Christian all your life. But you never came at that point where you really, with all your heart, you said, Lord, come and live in my life. Maybe you've never taken those steps. Maybe you never consider doing that. And this today was an unexpected encounter perhaps for you. But God was here waiting for you and he said, you know what? If you allow me in your life, we'll start working together. Maybe a long way to go, maybe a lot of work to do. But we will do it together. I will give you the strength. I will give you the, the wisdom that you need. I'll be with you. I'll take away the thirst that you have. I will take away this empty space that you feel in your life and I will fill it with my presence, with my spirit. Or as I said, as a Christian, you, you want to say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you on my life, in my life. Holy Spirit, I want to allow you to work in my life more. I want to remove obstacles. You know, when I, when I prepare this, I identified obstacles hmm, that I placed in my life. We all have those, if we're honest. We never come to a place where God has finished the work in us. It's an ongoing work, and we will be perfect only when we will be with Him. But until then, there's a work going on. And I, I prayed exactly this prayer. I said, Lord, take away obstacles, these obstacles in my life. So if you don't want this unexpected encounter to go forgotten in a place where you will forget about it, why don't you raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm going to change, I'm going to adjust. I'm going to allow you to reshape my life. Come on, just raise your hand. It's only the pastor in the church who needs more of the Spirit of God. Is it only me? Just, come on, just raise your hand. Say, Lord, I want more of you in my life. Just close your eyes. Nobody's looking at you. Me, just, you know, <laughs> every now and then. But just raise your hands. Say, Lord God. I don't want this unexpected encounter to go unnoticed in my life. I want to readjust, refocus, reshape. I want to change. I want to give my life to you. If you need to do that step, just raise your hand. Hallelujah. And just, you know, open your mouth and just say thank you to the Lord. Say thank you to God. Say thank you to the Lord because He is good. Come on, we like to speak. You know, every day, we always speak in our everyday life, but somehow when we get to church, we, we get stuck. And we're just like, we're like muted. But let's speak to the Lord. He is here. He has time for us. He has time for you. He has time for me. He doesn't care about where you come from or what is uh, the load that you're carrying in your heart today. He's here for you. Say, look, I'm here for you. I've got time for you. I'm going to listen to what you have to say, but then listen to what I just said. You know, allow me to work in your life. Allow me to reshape. There is a spring of, of water in you, and the spring is, is the Spirit of God who was given to you. When you believed in God, you, you have all what you need. God has given you all what you need to face this life, to be a servant of His, to share the gospel with the people around you, and to share the, the gospel, the good news with the, your family, with your colleagues. Everything is in you, in the sense that God has given it to you when you got saved. 
saved. He has given you all what you need. You, you don't need to go on YouTube and look for the best preachers. Or you don't need to go in, in different churches because you heard that it's better. You don't need to go and ask him for a word. You know, if the word comes, praise God. If not, you know, the spring of water is built within in you. It's within you. The God has given you all what we need. He's given us all what we need to face this life. He has given us all what we need to serve him. He has given us all what we need to win our battles. So whatever situation you are, God has given you His Spirit. He's living your life. <coughs> Something that is greater than whatever thing you may compare Him with in the world. There is no comparison. There is no match. Don't even think for a moment that something can be bigger than, than God, more important than God. He is the biggest, the greatest, the most wonderful things that could happen to you. And He's living in your heart. He's living right there in your life because you've been forgiven in Christ. You know, you can have this relationship with God. He has given you all what you need. So raise your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in our life. Hallelujah. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We come to you Lord God in our situation in our sicknesses in our sad moments in our happy moments in the moments where we feel on our own in the moment where we feel abandoned we come to you Lord God you are the one spirit living in us who can take away all the thirsty that we have hallelujah we thank you Jesus we thank you Lord God and forgive us forgive us Lord for how many times we place obstacles for how many times we build boxes and walls in our life that stops the water from flowing within us. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to see these obstacles, to remove them, and to keep walking with you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. You are wonderful. Holy Spirit, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We praise your name today. You are wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are great, God. Hallelujah. There is nothing like you. Nothing is greater than you, Lord God. Hallelujah. You are wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. In you there is victory. In you there is healing. In you there is all what we need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name. You are wonderful, God. Thank you for saving us. Thank you because in you we have eternal life. Thank you because the best is yet to come, Lord. It's not just about this life, but it's the promises of eternity with you, Lord God. Hallelujah. One day we will see you face to face. What a day will, will that day be. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, because your plans are good. Your plans are perfect, God. We thank you for your love and grace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, you are good, and we thank you, God. We thank you for your presence among us today. We thank you because you are wonderful. And um, I just pray, Lord God, as we go into a new week, Lord God, that you will always be with us, Lord God. Walk in front of us, behind us, Lord, beside us, Lord God. You know the challenges, you know everything will come across with God, and we just help us. Help us to, uh, to walk with you. Help us to serve you, Lord God. We pray for divine connection. Help us to speak your word. To sh help us to share about you with the people that we come across with, God. Lord, you know who they are, God. We just pray. We want to make ourselves available. Be with us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.